Thank you for joining us on the Desert Life Church podcast. It's our prayer that you encounter God through this message. Now let's join our lead pastor, Pastor Ben Tifi, for an inspiring message. Quirinius was governor of Syria. Everybody say Quirinius. If you're expecting a child, maybe that's a good suggestion for your new son's name. Everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house of the line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. And while they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. And she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths. Everybody say wrapped him in cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. There were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were filled with the wonder of Christmas, filled with awe, filled with worship. (laughs) I reckon if I was a shepherd going about my business, looking after my flock and an angel appeared to me and I wasn't expecting it, I'd have the same response they had. It says, and they were terrified. Everybody say terrified. But the angel said to them, don't be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a saviour has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord This will be a sign to you. Everybody say a sign. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Everybody say wrapped in cloths. And suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth, peace to those on whom God's favour rests. And when the angels had left them and gone into heaven. The shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off. Everybody say hurried. I reckon I'd hurry if I was under those circumstances as well. They hurried off and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. And when they had seen him, they spread word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed. At, the shepherds, at what the shepherds said to them. And Mary treasured up these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. A baby in a manger, everybody say manger. Wrapped in clothes, everybody say wrapped in cloth. Let's have everybody say it. Wrapped in cloth. It's a curious image, isn't it? That an angel would say, here's how you know you're just not on drugs, Mr. Shepherd. Here's how you know you didn't fall over and bump your head and that you're just hallucinating and somehow in one place in the universe, spontaneous mass hallucination happened to, you know, the shepherds, the tradies of the ancient world. They're not like those, you know, library academicians. That's probably how people describe me, actually. Not bookish people that sit around getting lost in their ideas all the time. These are guys with some dirt under their fingernails, living out in the fields. They've got a hard life. They work in the sun. It's sort of the the life of a shepherd. You could easily make a forex ad out of it. You know what I'm saying? Matter of fact, I've got one now. 
shepherds. They're earthy, they're down to earth. They don't muck around. They're no nonsense, aren't they? And the angel appears to them and says, here's how you know it's all gonna happen exactly like I've said. Here's how you know God is at work. Go into Bethlehem. You find a baby wrapped in cloths lying in a manger. Well, those shepherds straight away, they went and they hurried and they found this baby in the manger. And when they saw the baby, they were amazed because they knew that this was the fulfilment of everything God had said to them through that angel. Now, why were they amazed? Other than bright lights, angelic choirs, stuff going on in the heavens. And they're just there going, come on guys, I'm just trying to mind the sheep. In Bethlehem, there was only one type of sheep that were kept in flocks in Bethlehem. These sheep were special sheep. They were looked after, they were highly prized, they were greatly valued. They were not the normal sheep of a family who uh, does subsistence farming to maybe sell the wool and keep some to eat, sell some meat, milk them. They were not these type of sheep in Bethlehem. Bethlehem was a location. Bethlehem, in Hebrew, the word means the house of bread. Bethlehem. Isn't it fitting that the bread of life would be born in the house of bread, that we could feast on Him and receive nourishment for our souls? The shepherds at the house of bread, they looked after the sheep that were very special sheep because those sheep were hand-reared from the day they were born. No cuts, no nicks, no grazers, no getting bitten on the back of the legs by a dog or a fox or a wolf, no getting tangled up in barbed wire fences, mainly because there were no barbed wire fences back then. Those sheep, those sheep were lovingly nurtured and looked after because when they become grown, they were taken by the shepherds to the temple in Jerusalem. These sheep were the temple sheep and those sheep would be taken to the temple in Jerusalem and there they would be offered as a sacrifice under the law of the Old Testament to turn away the infirmities of the people, which means sin, which means weakness, which means pain, which means shame, darkness every bit of human dysfunction that they were responsible for or victims of. And on one day of a year, the Passover, two lambs were taken. Another day, on the Day of Atonement, two lambs were taken. Lambs that the law made a very specific requirement of. Lambs without spot and without blemish. No scratches, no scrapes, no marks, no, nothing wrong, perfect specimens. And these shepherds knew they had a sacred responsibility because their job was to look after the sacrifice that would help God's people live free from their infirmity, their sin, their weakness, their shame, their pain, the human condition. When the, when the lambs were born, the shepherd would take it straight as it came out of its mother. And they would take that lamb and they would wrap it in strips of linen cloth, swaddling cloths. And they would lay those lambs in a manger for the first number of days of their life so that while they were small, no injury could befall them. Nothing could harm them. Shepherds in Bethlehem were so used to seeing lambs wrapped in strips of cloth in preparation, in preservation, getting them ready for the day they would be a perfect sacrifice for the people. And the angels appeared to these shepherds. They wouldn't sleep out in the fields. They had a special tower because there were a lot of sheep. The tower was called the watchtower of the flock. It was like a little mini castle. And the shepherds would stand up there and that way they could see if any raiders or invaders tried to come and steal the sheep. 
the rabbis taught that Bethlehem held a special place in theological history, mainly because of its association with raising the sacrifices for the temple. Here's what the rabbis taught. And for 200 years before Jesus was born, this is what the teachers of Israel taught. When the Messiah comes, He will first be revealed to whoever is standing in the watchtower of the flock. The shepherds that look after the sacrificial lambs, they will be the first ones ever to hear about the Messiah. They will know it when He comes because they will see His coming. They will be the first to receive Him. They will be the first to worship Him. And the wonder of Christmas is when after hundreds of years of prediction to us, a son is born. In the town of Bethlehem, a light will dawn. After hundreds of years of prophetic expectation and theological teaching, those shepherds in the watchtower, maybe they'd forgotten the promise, maybe they weren't educated and didn't even know about it, but here they are in the watchtower. And the angel appears as the prophet said and as the teachers had expected and the shepherds at Bethlehem, the house of bread, are the first ones to hear about the coming of the bread of life. And they did what the angels said. They hurried and they hurried because they remembered the stories and they knew the image. And here they come to the mother and the father and this sacred baby wrapped in strips and lying in a manger. You know, when they saw that baby, they knew they were seeing a king because that's what the angels said. They knew they were seeing a Messiah because that's what the prophets said. But they knew they were seeing a sacrifice. They were seeing a sacrifice wrapped in linen cloths. And that's why the angel said, this will be the sign. This will be how you know what's going on. Because that baby will be like a sacrificial lamb, ready to take on the infirmity of the world, ready ready to take on the sin of the world, ready to take on the shame of the world and the pain of the world and the weakness of the human condition. And I wonder as they saw that babe if their minds went back to other prophecies from Isaiah hundreds of years before Jesus was born, Isaiah chapter 53, a prophecy of the Lamb of God that would come. And Isaiah said, surely He will bear our infirmity. Surely He will take up our weaknesses. And the punishment that brings us peace will be upon Him. See, the wonder of Christmas, friends, is not just the cutesy tale of a child that was born under very peculiar circumstances. The wonder of Christmas is that the babe in the manger becomes a saviour on a cross. And the saviour on a cross died a sacrificial death on our behalf, like those sacrificial lambs predicted right from his birth, wrapped in linen, laid in a manger, a sacrificial lamb. He died on the cross to free humans from the power of sin, the penalty of sin and the pollution of sin. Ones we're responsible for and ones we've been victims of. He dies and he's laid in a tomb, a baby in a manger, a saviour on a cross, a martyr in a tomb. Well, his disciples, when he died, they all gave up hope and they ran away. But on the third day, like he'd predicted during his life and like the prophets had predicted for hundreds of years, on the third day, he rose again. When they went to embalm the body and put the finishing touches, the stone was rolled away. The Romans were afraid because... The babe in the manger, the saviour on the cross, the martyr in the tomb became a Lord on a throne. He rose up victorious, fulfilling everything that he had said he would do, fulfilling the destiny he was born for. 
He was born wrapped in linen. He was laid in a tomb wrapped in linen and he unwrapped that linen and came out the victorious Son of God, died for our sins. And the gospel message that Christmas points towards as a signpost in cosmic history is that every one of us are invited to say a simple yes to the gospel. Every one of us are invited to say yes to the great exchange. And it goes like this, no matter where you're going in life, no matter what you're doing, where you're coming from, where you're heading to, have you ever drawn a line in the sand of your life and said, God of the universe, no matter what's been going on today, I turn to you. And my answer is yes to the sacrifice of Jesus. My answer is yes to the gospel message. My answer is yes, like a shepherd hurrying to obey the word of an angel, I hurry to obey your word. And my answer is yes to make place for you in my life. Oh man, when I did that 20 years ago, it began a transformation pathway that has literally affected my life and so many others. My wife and I sit often, she's a beautiful lady, we, we marvel at where God has brought us. Children growing up in a home without violence and trauma, except when I sing. Children growing up in a functional home of love where they've never seen their mother beaten and sworn at where they've never seen drug and alcohol abuse, where they've never seen family fracture. And why? Because we're good. No, we're not good, but boy, Jesus is good. And that Lamb of God has taken away so much dysfunction from our lives and given us what He promised, life in abundance. How about you? Who could wave me a little hand of testimony and say, yeah, that's me too. I've experienced the life-changing power of Jesus. If you're an introvert, just give me like a pinky of testimony. It's okay. We're gonna finish our service with two things. The first one is I wanna pray for you. I wonder if you'd bow your heads and close your eyes all over this room today. See, every one of us is invited in the gospel message, no matter our background, no matter our pain, no matter our shame, no matter what we think about it all, no matter how we feel, no matter what we've done, no matter what's been done to us, every single one of us are called to answer the gospel question. Have you drawn a line in the sand of your life? Have you turned around? Have you said, God of the universe, my answer is yes to the gospel message. I'm going to pray and I wonder if you're a Jesus follower, if you'd reaffirm in your heart today, Lord, my answer is yes, I make place for you in my life. And maybe if you've never said yes to the gospel before, if you wouldn't call yourself a follower of God, maybe you've never said yes to Jesus' offer of life before, I'm going to pray and whether you've never done it, whether you've done it a thousand times or whether today you're going to do it for the first time in way too long. I wonder if we could all just pray and make room for Jesus in our lives and say, God, my answer is yes to gospel life. My answer is yes to your invitation in the gospel. I wonder if all over this room, you could bow your heads and close your eyes this morning. Father, I pray for people in this room drawn not by what I've said, but by what you've said in your word. And as we've worshipped and celebrated the coming of Jesus and as we've prayed together this morning, our hearts have been moved and impacted by not just the Christmas story, but the message behind it, the gospel of restoration, the gospel of healing, the gospel of redemption. That we like those shepherds could hurry to receive your message. That we could understand the babe in a manger, the Saviour on a cross, the martyr in the tomb, the Lord on the throne. And today, in my heart, I say yes again to your gospel message in a fresh way. Help me live it out, Lord. Let my life be filled with its purpose, filled with its meaning, filled with its ramification. Let my heart be humble and resigned to your gospel message, Jesus. I pray for my friends in this room whose hearts are saying the same thing. Yes, count me in, Lord. My answer is also yes. 
I pray for my friends in this room today, Father, who for the first time in their lives are thinking about gospel thoughts and saying, I wanna draw that line. I wanna turn to God. I wanna become a follower of God. I pray you would cover them with special grace in this Christmas season as they realise your message is one of restoration and invitation and grace and love that says, come to me and let me fill your life with my light. Let me fill your hungry soul with the bread of life. I pray for them, Father, that you'd move and bless their hearts today. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen and amen. Thanks for joining us in church. We're gonna do one more thing before we go. If you're new or visiting, this moment does not necessarily pertain to you. So just allow me to have a family moment with those who do call Desert Life Church home, if you would. Every year at Christmas, what our church does is on Christmas Day, we receive a special financial offering that goes to amazing life-changing projects around the world. The church doesn't keep any of it for ourselves or our programs or even our location. We send it to amazing life-transforming programs all over planet Earth because we know that we are called to give Jesus away to those who are vulnerable and to those who have least chance of hearing Him. So there's a little video about this. I'm gonna show you this video. Then after that, our hope team are gonna come and they're gonna receive that offering for us. I wonder if you'd like to turn your eyes to the screen and have a look at this year's One Day Offering. It's a simple idea that continues to change the lives of people around the world. Give one day's salary to help ACCI reach those most in need. As One Day enters its 10th year, we celebrate the impact. Together, we're taking the gospel to the ends of the earth. Together, we're fighting for justice and freedom from poverty. This is what you're a part of. Raising up the next generation of church leaders. Helping communities recover and rebuild after disaster. Freeing children from trafficking and slavery. Supporting rapid discipleship and church plants street children find a home and get an education, sharing God's love in countries closed to the gospel, empowering communities to raise themselves out of poverty, training young leaders and supporting Indigenous reconciliation, preaching the good news and holistically transforming communities. One day, celebrating 10 years of transformation Well, you can check out the details online if you like. There are many ways you can give in our church. Our hope team are going to station themselves and they're going to pass some buckets around for those of you who would like to make a Christmas contribution to some of those great projects. If you didn't come prepared with cash, I've got kids, I never have cash, then uh, you can use electronic means after the service or you could get on our website, find the giving details and just use a reference box online one day and we'll know what that means and we'll make sure that we pass it on to you. Thank you for your generosity. God bless you as you give, as you give. Thank you for joining us today on Christmas Day in Desert Life Church. We are thrilled that you joined us. We pray, we hope you have a wonderful day filled with the love and the joy of Christmas, with the hope that Jesus brings. And you know what? Give yourself away this Christmas. Amen. God bless you. Why don't we sing a song as the offering goes around and then the band will dismiss us when we're done. We love you. See you in church next time. Thank you for joining us on the podcast. For more information about Desert Life Church, go to desertlifechurch.org or check us out on Facebook and Instagram. Have a great day and remember, you belong here.